This is a report on my first marathon on Anzac Day in 1986. I didn't start writing reports for my marathons until 2004, so this was typed in 2004. At the beginning of 1986, I was in my second year in Barrow. I don't know why I decided to, but I entered the Anzac Day Marathon. There was something that appealed to me about it. Part of it was the challenge, and partly I thought if people in war could suffer, surely I could cope. Also, it was my grandfather's birthday, and it turned out to be his last. In relation to preparation, I'd only been running for two years and had not done very long distances at all. I did not have the training regime I needed, and I just went on what my housemate Bernard said, and that was to get, get in a long run. I think the longest run I had was 20 kilometres. Back then it didn't take long to get out of suburbia. I had built up a standard 12 kilometre run along the Chilotine 12 course. I lived in 1A Victoria Street and also had a course out along the river and bike track to the outskirts of town and back, which was about 6 kilometres. That was about it. There was not much of a program to it. The race day. The night before I had Chinese meal at Concord Road, I stayed at my parents' place at Strathfield. I got up in the morning and just left. I had no breakfast. I just thought it would be better not to eat as I thought I would sit down and my stomach would be play up during the run and maybe slow me down. I had told a few friends what I was planning to do and they had agreed to come out and support me. This was a good thing as it kept me focused and honest because I had made a public commitment. This was something I've learned to do over the years. In the end, I needed them. The race started at ES Marks Athletics Track and went south past the airport to one of the Bay suburbs, probably Ramsgate Way, I think, now in reflection, then back up the same way. The first, first half was essentially downhill and returned uphill. Ignorance is a very useful tool. I was not nervous at all. I had no concept of pacing and positive-negative splits. I started the race very quickly, aided by gravity, with the downhill half. I was tricked into feeling good until I got to the flat sections of the course near 20 kilometres. A couple of mates, Weave, Bort and Bill, spotted me and said I was flying. I also had no idea about drinking on the run and the onset of dehydration. So if I was not thirsty, I did not take water at the aid stations because I thought it would slow me down. This combined with no breakfast and no idea what carbo-loading the week before met all spelt potential for disaster and it was looking like that. I remember I went through the first 10 k's in about 40 something minutes and the half marathon at 93. By 19 k's I had stopped sweating, my skin was dry and I had goosebumps on my arms. By 21 I had started to develop real breathing problems. I suspected it was like asthma but I never thought I had it. I had no choice, I had to slow down. My 96 minutes half marathon was on a 3.12 pace. In fact, I think it was my second fastest half marathon time. My breathing became better and now my mind was all over the place. I was at the wall, but at this stage I didn't know that it existed. I'd never heard of it before. I thought I was moving well, but my mind was telling me something was wrong. This was confirmed when a stream of people went past me. I even wondered how they could pick up that pace so well. I had no concept that I was slowing down. My mates saw me at the 25Ks and their eyes and their comments, I could see they were concerned. At this stage they took turns running next to me. I guess in those days it didn't really matter but it would be totally illegal today. 
I don't think this was their plan. Bills even ripped off his shirt and ran in his singlet and tracksuit pants on a hot day. I guess what we did was illegal from a race point of view, but they were worried about me. The only thing I remember is that the, the 10 kilometer stretch is saying I wanted to go to sleep in the gutter and I was very close to doing this. I cannot remember anything else till 35 kilometers. I arrived at the aid station, the one I remember stopping at anyway. I sat on a table and just drank everything and my mates gave me a coke. Once again another illegal action. I sat there for a while and just got up and left. I was so depleted that the coke kicked in straight away and I was told I ran a strong 7 kilometers home to finish in 3.42, my best ever marathon time. I was not to attempt my second marathon for 12 years, but with this experience I went on in the mid-1986s to set PBs that I would not better in all distances except for the half marathon. It also turned out to be my best year of triathlon racing. More importantly, I learned to respect the distance, understand pacing, and to eat and drink properly before and during an event. Years later, I learned the importance of post-race eating and drinking. Most important of all, I learned about was mateship in running. While I was struggling on, the people I did not know were encouraging me, and I know I may not have finished without the support of my personal friends. These lessons have been the foundation for my philosophy of running. So that's the end of my first marathon.